Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Social Studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Monday morning here on Bickley and Murata mornings. That means a busy Monday morning on our social media account on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata here to sift through the gold with us. The gold! The gold! Sarah Cazell to take us through some social studies. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Yes, it is a very busy time on our Twitter page at Bickley underscore Murata. Thanks to all of our fabulous uh, regulars participating in social studies. And I'm seeing a lot of new names, a lot of new faces popping up lately. So thanks to everybody who takes the time out of their day to uh, to participate, even if I don't read your names. I want to thank Twitter for never verifying us to begin with, so now we don't have (laughs) to deal with all that. Do we have a check? Do we not have a check mark? We don't need you! Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with what the Phoenix a clown Suns. show it's become. By the <laughs> way, blue. restoring yes. blue check marks to people who want no part of it now That's because right. of what it implies, and to people who have passed. And I don't, I don't know if you saw that the threads of like very famous people who died in the last couple of years who now have the the blue check, and it says, you know, the the disclaimer is this person subscribed to Twitter Blue and verified their phone number. Well, this person did not because this person is no longer with us. So, just a generally bad business practice, but nobody asked me. So, let's talk about the Suns and the Clippers. Open-ended question to start off. We ask it every time uh, after a Suns game. So, what were your biggest takeaways from Game 4 on Saturday? A 112-100 win. Yeah, I just I was very proud at the at the grittiness and the greediness of it all. To go in and w- take two games, no matter what it took, and, and get out of L.A. with a commanding lead that is not what anybody expected midway through uh, the second quarter of Game 2. No, not at all. Uh, my biggest takeaway from all of it was it's uh, it's nice to have a bunch of guys who can put the ball in the basket. How about that? <laughs> it's nice to have that big three slash maybe three and a half or four. Yeah. 3.6. Five, cool. depending cool. on the day. Okay. Yeah. All right, getting to our listener responses. Biggest takeaways from the Suns Game 4 win over the Clippers in Los Angeles. If you haven't read Bick's latest column from L.A., you can find out on ArizonaSports.com now. Again, like I said at the top of the show, you'll learn some new vocabulary words and something about basketball as well. Jildo (laughs) says, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton all had their time to shine and be the big contributor at different points throughout the game. I think that's an improvement. I would have to agree. Raider J32 says the Suns have done a pretty good job of not getting into foul trouble and being forced to use certain players off of the bench. True. Iron Kitten. Biggest takeaway from Game 4 is the minutes played by Booker and KD. They are high. This is not sustainable throughout the entire playoffs. Writes Iron Kitten. Forrest Bennett shows us the rebound differential from the Suns and the Clippers on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday's game. And the free throw totals. Oh yeah, we did we did see some of that yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Suns had the rebound advantage, which is something that, that was not true earlier on in the series. Daylight Films says the Suns struggling to beat the Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is a little unsettling. Nick Gamby, right alongside Daylight Films, says we're not going to beat the Nuggets. Do you agree with that? I don't. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. 
I don't fear the Nuggets yet. Um, I'm not as uh, sold as Bick is. I'll just say that. I think, I think this. Yeah, I think the Nuggets are a good basketball team. It has probably a little bit more in terms of uh, togetherness than the Suns do, as most teams do at this point. Um, I, you know, I think the Suns need to but- button up a lot of stuff if they want to win a round, an- another round against anybody that's mm-hmm. that's healthy and fully put together. Brian Vihan, last response for this question. He says, if we're really going to make a run this year, then the Suns need to find a way to jump out ahead and maintain leads so that the main four can get a little rest. All right. Similar enough. All right, let's get to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the draft is this week, guys. <laughs> so which of these three storylines are you most interested in, most intrigued by? What happens with DeAndre Hopkins? What happens with Buda Baker? And just generally what happens in the actual draft, what the Cardinals do with their pick? Oh, um, yeah, I think uh, draft number one, because I think D-Hop will be gone. Um, and the Buda Baker thing, uh, I'm curious about because if Buda Baker can be satisfied with money, they can they can make this they can you fix can this. Right. Yeah. They can make this right. Um, I'm not sure they're going to, but but it's in their control to do so. It's not in their control whether or not a team wants to move up to trade for their number three pick. No, uh, that that's what makes what you just said, Vic, is what makes Buda my most uh, the thing that I'm most interested in this week. So I think the other two are foregone conclusions. The draft is going to happen. How it unfolds, we don't know, but it's going to happen. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be gone. How it unfolds, we don't know, but it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I don't know what happens with Buda Baker because the Cardinals want to bring him back. They should want to bring him back. His teammates want him back. But there's work to be done to, to repair that bridge because it's uh, it's in disarray right now. Yeah, absolutely. 66% of our voters are most interested interested to see what the Cardinals do with their picks in the draft, the draft itself. 27% are most interested. Inter- wow, can't do it. Don't look at me, Jared. Interested to see what happens with Buda Baker. 8% what happens with D-Hop. Don't write that down, Jared. All right, let's get to our final question. Uh, We quote tweeted a video of a Disney dragon on fire, not on purpose, during some show. It is... (laughs) is I'm watching the video right now. So am I. We tweeted it uh, at Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. I wonder if Mickey ad-libbed. Oh, no! What's happening? (laughs) Hey, everybody! Dragons on fire! So, we're asking... According to the script... Oh, get your ass out of here. Oh, run. run, you morons. We're asking our listeners for an example of a time or an event uh, where something just went completely haywire, a la an animatronic dragon catching on fire at a park. See, I can say animatronic. That's good. Yeah, thing. right. <laughs> any examples? Any ah, thoughts? Any moments? Vic had the one with the fireworks earlier. Vic, that's a oh, great yes, example. I don't, I don't have anything close to that. I mean, there's been a couple of shows over the years. That... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Very few. Very few. Wow. I'm not talking about this show. I'm talking about other shows oh, that I've done sure, in the sure, past. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Okay, how about this one from Nicholas? He went to a certain Las Vegas resort as a kid. They had a trapeze show going on. 
one of the performers fell down onto the safety net, but then bounced off of the net and into the audience. Whoa! (laughs) Like a trampoline! That sounds memorable, at least. I I don't know what happened to the guy, but... Um, This one's a little bit more somber. On the line, JY says he and his wife went to Paris for their 10-year anniversary. They went to the Notre Dame Cathedral and did the tour. On the last day of their trip, that was the day that Notre Dame caught fire. Oh, Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Oh, very suspicious, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> On the line, JY, we're going to figure some things out. Dave Leonard says in 1998, Notre Dame and ASU played at Sun Devil Stadium. The power went out at halftime and never came back on. Vince, do you have any memory of this? I don't remember that at all. He what says, are the odds of back-to-back Notre Dame <laughs> Just stories. troublemakers all around. He says, no scoreboard the entire second half, and the game was refed with whistles like a peewee football game. Yeah, because I guess if you don't have a clock... Dave is like an encyclopedia of oh, yeah. ASU sports best. knowledge. 100%. And then Corpse Shasta says, I was four or five years old during a dinner theater show. I was really into the show. And during the chase scene, I grabbed the bad guy's cape. He dragged me on stage and I started fighting him. Everyone in the place freaked out and my mom ran up and grabbed me off of the stage. <laughs> Holy cow. That is the best That's when little kids can't tell the difference between like... yeah. Corpse Shasta, you are a hero. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thanks Thank to everybody you, Sarah. who chimed in on social studies at Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Suns fans have the opportunity to see something they haven't seen in person in a very long time. Will it happen? We'll get into Game 5. Suns Clippers next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers now. Do not sleep on these guys. They play hard. They play hard to the end. Um, you know, Coach Lou over there, you know, um, he got them dudes disciplined to where they play to the end, no matter the circumstance. And that's one thing we can't fall for. You know, when we when it look good and it look like we're, we're comfortable, it look like they beating up a little bit. They they're not they just gearing up for real. So um, you know, closeout closeout games are always the hardest. So I'm pretty sure they're gonna they don't they don't throw even a bigger punch on the one they did tonight. That's DeAndre Ayton after a Saturday's win in Los Angeles, which put the Suns up three one in their best of seven first round series against the Clippers. And asked the question, how can they close out the series? And I think uh, D.A. started in the right place. Don't sleep on these guys. Yeah. I mean, I've watched every second of this series several times, obviously, at this point, Bic. And one thing that stands out to me is you watch other series, you don't see teams playing with the same desperation that the Clippers are playing with, which is a testament to them and their head coach. They don't have their two best players, but they are playing collectively like their hair's on fire. Yeah. And they answer every single challenge. Now, they haven't been able to get over the hump and that, you know, give credit to the Suns for that, but I expect, you know, if it's possible for them to play harder tomorrow, I kind of expect that to be the case. Doesn't mean they'll win, but man, well, they, they've impressed yeah. me. I I think I think a lot of their 
fight uh, stems from Russell Westbrook, who is still playing at a hundred million miles an hour, and and I think every I think it's inspiring is the teammates that he does have because he's he's giving off this vibe that I will carry you there, and they've you know they've made these games interesting. I, I said earlier they've had three they've had three double digit lead, rephrase. Rephrase alert, they've had double-digit leads in three of the four games. So in three of the four games, there have been moments and momentum shifts that have not looked good for the Phoenix Suns. And you've wondered where this thing is going. Now the Suns have been able to punch back and and regain control of these games. Um, I, I do think that in the first quarter on Saturday, it looked like the Suns were waiting for the Clippers to go away. Yes. And and I hope they don't make that mistake again just because they're playing a home game. I think I, hopefully the, the newfound maturity of this basketball team by adding a Kevin Durant, it, it shows up in the focus. In, in just pregame prep and, okay, let's get this thing done. Yeah. So. Now on the flip side, too, going back to your point on you know facing double-digit deficits, which the Suns have done in three of the four games of this series and been able to overcome them. Kevin Durant talked about that on Saturday, too. You know, with the firepower they have and the offensive talent they have, they're never really out of a game. You know, you know this team never going, they going to stick around the whole game. You know, they never out of a game. Um, well, well coach they are, how hard they play, and the penetrators and creators they got on their team they're never out the game so I, I think we did a solid job of staying poised especially coming out the third but we were just terrible to start the third and um, you know uh, and we was able to you know get some momentum back after that timeout so I felt like you know it was a back and forth battle they throw punches we throw punches and um, luckily we came out with the last one yeah Kevin Durant referenced the uh, terrible beginning to the third quarter I think it was a 9 nothing run in the first minute or so yeah <laughs> yeah the Suns went in with some momentum and came out and had to call a very early timeout. Monty mm-hmm. Williams talked about what he said to his team during that third quarter timeout. I think because of the experience our guys have, I don't have to say a lot. It's almost to take that timeout to stop momentum, maybe, but to allow our guys to reset a bit with a different team. You may come over there and go over like three or four things that you need to do um, with our guys. They already know the timeout. It's called to just reset. That's it. We just want to reset what we're doing, uh, get back to our standard, and then allow for them to go out there and be productive. And you, you hope those timeouts allow for them to just settle down a bit. And Chris Paul elaborated on that, too, said during that timeout and during that start on the bench, they were getting into it with each other. And he said it was all healthy, all from a good place, but they mm-hmm. were all pissed at how they came out of the locker room. Um, yeah. You know, that's something where the Suns deserve credit for, for overcoming that because that was that was a tidal wave coming out of the locker room. Yeah, indeed it was. Indeed it was. And I think that, you know, the Clippers, their game plan was, was I think it was smart in theory. They didn't really execute it properly. They were very sloppy with the basketball. And, and another game in which Devin Booker impacted the game defensively. It's, it's amazing how he is rounding into a, just a unstoppable force on both sides of the court, Vinny. Yeah, he, he really has. Yeah, there's there's no two ways about it. Uh, what to expect differently from from the Clippers? We've seen it in glimpses. They don't do it as much as they did two years ago when they only really had one big in Zubats. Now they got two bigs, and I think Mason Plumley's been an unsung hero for them. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that always plays with his hair on fire and has contributed to good things. But you know, a team up against the wall, they have the capability of going smaller. 
Andrew Greif told us, hey, if there's another chess piece to play for Ty Lu, it's to put Terrence Mann in that starting lineup, maybe bigger minutes for him. Right. He's been a factor in this series. I would expect more small lineups, maybe even from the beginning of the game. Yeah. Not that they won't start Zubots, but I think you'll see a lot more small ball look. But the beginning the of the game is when they actually do well. Yeah, that's Clippers. true. But if they fall behind, they can they can wreak havoc by going you know five out. And they've tried to do that at times. Yeah, and I do think the uh, the Terrence man, as Andrew Greif pointed out to us, I, that does look to me. I'm not sure Marcus Morris gave them what they wanted no. Saturday. He was in a tough spot. He yeah. hadn't played a lot right. during the, the the stretch, but Nick Batum is giving them nothing oh. in the starting lineup, well, and then he got moved yeah. to the bench and gave yeah. them nothing from gave the bench nothing too. From there either. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 quite something to me. So I, I I do think also if the Suns can get out of this series without having a minute from campaign. That would be quite something. To handle this in five games without your backup point guard. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder, too, if he's getting close to a return, which you think he must be at this point, Mm -hmm. is the tendency just to give him more time off to get him ready for for the next series and maybe not show anything. To, to the next opponent on film. Might not be a bad idea. Yeah. And again, and I think you win tonight, you've got you've got options. You can go train at altitude if you want. And again, I, I know there's new advancements in all this in terms of how you should approach sporting events at high altitude. So I don't even know if that's viable. But there's just so many rewards out there for the Suns if they can just handle their business. From giving... The home crowd, that celebration that they haven't had the last couple of years, to getting the rest, to mitigating the minutes logged by KD um, and Chris Paul, all that stuff. It, it, they're tangible rewards. So th- that's why I think the focus and the maturity of this basketball team will be on full display tomorrow night. Yeah, and I'm wondering what to, you know, you wonder about atmosphere. We'll have a lot more on, on tomorrow's show about that. But with a closeout opportunity, what's that? What? That's going to do to the energy level at Footprint mm-hmm. Center, which has oh, been yeah. very high. Uh, and as I said, I would love to see free chicken sandwich energy throughout a full game. That's and maybe the, maybe the closeout opportunity provides that. Uh, you can text your uh, thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And also want to remind you, you can score the hottest ticket in town, and that is Suns Playoff Tickets to Game 5 tomorrow. Just text TICKET to 620-620. Register, then listen for your name today during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets. That's TICKET to 620-620. Coming up next, it's Monday. We'll hand out some weekend hardware. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to Bickley and Murata Mornings, everyone, or welcome into Bickley and Murata Mornings. If you are just now tuning in, getting your day started, where have you been? <laughs> I guess it's good to have you whenever we'll have you. We're going to ArizonaSports.com now for today's daily poll question. What grade, guys, would you give Monty Williams through the first four games of the postseason? Ooh, eighth a, grade. B, C, eighth. or D? <laughs> oh, I, I misunderstood. Fifth grade. <laughs> How would you grade the job he's doing? 
He's up three one. Yeah, you can't argue with That's that. At least a B or an A. Yeah, and you and you get you get good. You get all the props for the Tory Craig move, which mm. was uh, flying in the face of conventional wisdom. Yeah, I give him an A. Yeah. At first, we're like, what? Josh Kroger, where is he? I've got no problem with that. I know what some people are saying. Not going to the bench enough. There's no bench to go to. Exactly. All right. B as in bench is leading right now. Okay. <laughs> 48% say Monty Williams gets a B. The 30, bench. 37% give him a C. Wow. 10% give him an A grade. 5% give him a D. He gets a lot of hate from Suns fans. He does. For a guy who's been very successful. That's the sign of a... Expectant fan base. Well, they but again, he's, he's been out coached in the playoffs to this point yes, repeatedly. Yeah. So you can't so, argue that. No, you can't argue that. Right. So I see. Yep. And Ty Lu is a really, really good basketball coach. But when you take away his two best players, <laughs> kind of handcuffed a little yep. bit. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Thanks, Sarah. That's today's Sanderson yep. Ford poll question. You can vote on it now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Handing out the hardware. Hardware. That's how we do the award show here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. It's brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize Proud Nutrition, partner of your Phoenix Suns. Basically just awards. Oh, yeah. Stuff we saw over the weekend. Start us off, Bick. Uh, my first award is the Marathon Runners Are Gross Award, Vinny. <laughs> And I'm giving it to the unidentified Boston marathoner who pooped on a stranger's lawn. Poop fest, Jared. Did you see it? No, I didn't see this. You didn't part. see this footage? See that. Oh, this goodness. dude is on the. He's. I don't even know if it's a he. I'm assuming it is, but you can find it everywhere online. Dude's on the course and he ducks into a home and squats on the lawn. While he's squatting on the lawn, a doorbell camera caught it. A guy comes in and and busts the guy or the girl, and it it, it looks like a real awkward exchange. The person got right up, pulled up the shorts, and took off running. Poop now, fest. This turned out to be a big deal online because this happens like we if you if you've seen marathon footage, there are people who will finish the race with stuff coming down the back. Just of the legs. Oh yeah, this Famously. person at least stopped. Famously, yes. That's that, that's an uncommitted marathoner right there. If you're willing to stop and squat, yeah. Where is your <laughs> the whole the homeowner is apparently really pissed and people are like, hey man, come on, just think of the fertilizer. Oh. Poop their oh, pants! My gosh, it's disgusting. It is. Uh-huh. That is gross. I can't uh, believe Jared didn't see that. I, ha- I, I know. I'm glad I didn't see it. Something wrong with my Google alerts that I didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Marathon poop. That alert just did got shut off somehow. Yeah. Uh, my first award is the Crash Davis Perseverance Award. No. And I'm giving it to Drew Maggi, no! the former ASU Sun Devil. Sorry, guys. I had even the same name. Did oh, you? Mine's yeah. Different. Wow. Not Perseverance, but yeah, it was the Crash Davis Award. Uh, he was drafted in the 15th round by the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2010. Since then, he's been toiling in the minors and independent leagues. 13 years, 1,115 games, 13 different teams. But over the weekend, he finally got the call up from the big club. And after getting the news during an Altoona Curve team meeting, his teammates applauded. Maggi just stood up and said... Holy bleep! Let's bleeping do this. <laughs> but he didn't move for a while. It was no, like I, I think he was almost in shock. Yeah, oh, he totally was in shock. And he's joining a Pirates team that, lo and behold, is sixteen and seven to start the season. Seven straight wins right now. Yes. Uh, if you want to watch the video, you should. 
there is a lot of not safe for work language, so yes. just be warned. Yeah, but the video up, is right. awesome. Originally drafted by the Diamondbacks in 2008. That when he was in high school. Wow. Yes. Wow. Prof, yeah. Wow. Finally making his debut. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, another ASU big leaguer. Look well, at that. Can I can I give my uh, my my headline? For that, yes, yeah. What was, what was your award name? This is for you, Vince. This is the if being patient is cool, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. There you go. My first award is the Prime Real Estate Award, and it goes to the seats at the Colorado football spring game, where forty-five thousand people showed up to see Deion Sanders and the University of Colorado. Slight improvement from last year's attendance of the spring game <laughs> of two thousand people. But you, I think that was. A, but did you see the what happened in that game? They had a wide receiver breakout, caught passes for one hundred and fifty-four yards and in that game, a ninety-eight-yard touchdown, uh, and then went too. into the transfer portal after it. Yes, <laughs> that's Bye. funny. And what a great name for that receiver too, Montana Lamonius Craig. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That does sound like a Key and Peele name. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of does. That's awesome. All right. This is the Just Let Us Celebrate You Award. It goes to our own Ron Wolfley. Did you guys know that he was honored on Saturday? No. Yeah, that's yeah, how he, he wanted it. He, he, well, I, I heard something about this. Yes, yeah. he was he was honored as a distinguished Arizonan by the Valley of the Sun chapter of the National Football Foundation. He and Sean Aguano uh, were both honored for their nice. lifelong contributions to the game here in Arizona. Wolf did not tell a soul here. The only reason I knew is because I was there with Jordan Ham and his people who helped put on the event. And you're like, what's Wolf doing here? Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. The guy's in jeans and a polo. What's he doing here? Uh, so, Wolf, congratulations. Next time, let us celebrate you beforehand so we can we can pump you up a little bit. My last award is the Right Man for the Job Award. I'm giving it to Will Farrell, who is going to star in a golf sitcom based on the Live Golf Tour. He is going to be the what? star guy going to a startup golf tour. What? I wonder I, I wonder if that will involve like clown shoes. If you saw the uh if you saw their event in Australia over the weekend. Who hit the hole in one? Uh, Brooks, Brooks Kepka's brother. brother. That's right. And you think the scene at 16 was crazy at the WM Phoenix Open? I'm surprised people didn't get hurt with the stuff that was being hurled yeah. after that hole in yeah. one went in. Yeah. What? Copycats a little bit. Copycats and almost seemed orchestrated. Like, yeah. hey, if this happens, just go crazy. Just go nuts. Yeah. 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 That tour sucks. Yes, it That's does. right. It Thank sucks. You. Yes, it does. Did you see there's conversation about a women's live golf tour starting, Vic? Wow. No. Yeah. I'll forward you the email. Okay. Front Office Sports is on the, wow. on the report. Uh, my last award is the Seriously You Wrote It Award. And I'm giving it to Matthew Perry of Friends fame, <laughs> who said he's taking an excerpt out of future printings of his memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. In one instance, when discussing uh, his friend, River Phoenix, who passed away from a drug overdose in 1993, Perry wrote in the book, quote, It always seems to be the really talented guys who go down. Why is it the original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die, but Keanu Reeves still walks among us? What? He went on to say at an L.A. Times event, quote, I pulled his name because I lived on the same street. I've apologized publicly to him. Any future versions of the book will not have his name in it. 
Was he focusing on the fact that you know these talented guys die from drugs and Keanu Reeves escaped that, or just that Keanu Reeves is not talented? That second part. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like he's and he got, dissing Keanu. When those, that was one of the quotes pulled when they were promoting the book. Yes. And it just instantly, because Keanu Reeves has become one of the most beloved actors in Hollywood. Yeah. So that did not do well. He's not all that talented. Let's be let's be honest. He's, he's figured out his niche. Yes. Yeah. I think people love him because he seems like a nice guy. He's a right? uh, apparently a wonderful human being. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Matthew right up there with Perry. David Johnson. Right Could up you, there. Right, who wins? Could you be any jerkier? <laughs> Well, my second award was already taken, so I'll ad lib here. The <laughs> oh no! <laughs> if you, I'm still you, looking for mine. You so thought, take your time. You thought Dan complained about my toes award? Oh, ah, this goes to Brandon Murata, who a couple of weeks ago tweeted, "One of my coworkers has been clipping his nails <gasps> at his desk for ten minutes. I'm not sure I've ever heard a more irritating sound." <laughs> and then he just quote tweeted it. He's doing it again and has been doing it for 20 minutes now. So, how do you have a pile of uh, worth of nail clippings? Yeah, Brandon. Hopefully, it's just his fingernails and not his toenails. As your father, I can say. You've had a good run there. You can always freshen up the resume and look for a new job. Right. Yeah. Does he work at a circus or something? Gross. What's wrong gross. with these people? People are He works at the Guinness Book of World Records for the <laughs> longest. <laughs> All right, Sarah. We'll, we'll let you off the hook since we, we took all your awards. This yeah, week. exactly. <laughs> That's uh, Hardware brought to you by Revitalized Weight Loss and Wellness. Some final thoughts on this Monday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings. Next, here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata, Song of the Day. All right, Bick, today's song yeah. of the day by a band. I believe they're Australian. I do like a couple of their songs. I had not heard this before. The Wombats. Oh, okay. Heard of the Wombats, right? Kind of. Yeah. This is called Don't Poke the Bear. Oh, okay. They are British. Are they British? Yeah. From Liverpool. Oh. They're perhaps the most famous band ever from Liverpool. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know that. They are Liverpudlians. <laughs> are they Lilliputians? <laughs> this going, this long distance dedication going out to Dylan in Memphis. Don't poke the bear. Oh, that's good. And by the way, we didn't get into the the, the reaction from LeBron too. But he got hit. He sold it pretty well too, don't you think? I, I'm on, not. I'm no, on the no, ground no, for listen, about five minutes. I'll, I'll hate on LeBron any day of the week, but not for that. If, if you get squared up there, no. That's true. I, that, that's an. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need to. You don't need to sell those kind of that's injuries. Right. The, they sell themselves. <laughs> the slightest grazing can sometimes be debilitating. Yeah. Whereas. You never know. All right, let me give you another hot take here on this subject uh-huh. of selling injuries. All right. Okay. And I know he's legitimately hurt, and he missed the last game of the Nets Sixers series. Joel Embiid's going to be the MVP. He's got a lot of Anthony Davis in him, don't you think? With the falling down and the grimacing and the limping and all of it, there's a lot of similarities there. 
Just saying. Yeah. I'm curious what, if he's going to be okay. Doc Rivers on Saturday said the MRI does not look good. Well, they're lucky that they'll have a long time they off. Got, to... They got real lucky that Brooklyn could not find a way to win a game. True. For the second straight year. Yeah. They've... Oh, that's right. That's two consecutive playoffs. I think they're like... Wow. Eight or nine. It might be ten, in a row. ten, ten straight yeah, playoff losses for the Nets. The uh, there's uh, there's rumblings that I've been hearing that um, they might they might be the team that trades for Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard and Mikael Bridges are like that. I think he was at the game, uh, game four. Yeah. Ooh, that would be intriguing. Mm-hmm. There you go, Wombats. Uh, don't poke the bear. Today's song of the day: Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. They measure all the, the stuff guys are doing, how they run, how much they're running. And so I just listen to those guys. But they, we, we talk um, a lot. Yesterday we had an off day. Those guys didn't do anything. They get their treatment in and you know they come in feeling a lot better. But I will say this, I, I believe our guys have trained for these types of moments. But tonight I thought, you know, we got booked down about three minutes. Kev was out there a little bit longer, but when I watched him, he wasn't streaking all over the place. You know, so from that standpoint, I, I never saw him labor. So we just got to keep watching. It's Monty Williams post-game in uh, game four, game one by the Suns in Los Angeles, talking about the sports science folks and what he talks to about uh, minutes and fatigue. Do you wish some of this data that they have now was applicable to old games and older players of different eras? Just so we could see what they went through. (laughs) Yeah. Or how their careers would have been different, though, if they... Yeah, if they'd had that technology. That's right, yeah. That's right. I mean, it is nuts, the the difference in it. Like, player tracking. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the idea of suggesting that in 1975? Let's see how... Let's see how far Tiny Archibald ran in a game. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, It is a question moving forward. The Suns' big three, um, and that's Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, Devin Booker. Uh, No, not DeAndre Ayton, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, But playing a ton of minutes in this series. Can they find a way to cut that down? If you can accomplish both things tomorrow, Mm -hmm. close out that series, limiting the number of games you have to play, and also do it in a comfortable fashion where it's not a high-stress, all-the-starters-on-the-court-at-the-end-of-the-game yeah. scenario. That would yeah. be a huge yeah, plus. Yeah, no, that Suns. would be nice. It would, that would be good. Put forth a, a really riveting performance in the first half that makes the, the Clippers wave the white flag. Yep. And then you have one of those second halves where it's basically a running clock and everyone just taps celebration. out. Celebration. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you were in L.A. for Game 4. I asked you, hey, the people you talked to, you getting any feeling that Kawhi Leonard might be a possibility? For game five, your answer was no. Andrew no. Greif joined us earlier. Um, and he said pretty much the same thing. Don't count on it. And now there's a lot of people that are criticizing Kawhi Leonard. One of them that made headlines at the end of last week was Stephen A. Smith, who said, hey, Kawhi Leonard's got to be one of the worst superstars you could ever have on your team because he's never available on the court. Well, his uh, co-worker uh, at ESPN, Jay Will, Jay uh, Williams uh, took exception to that, says it's unfair for Stephen A. to lob that criticism. The worst superstar of all time, Stephen A. Smith. You are my man. You are my big brother. But I can't allow you to do this about Kawhi. 
I know that Kawhi has not been there. I know that there's been low management around the way he's handled things. I know there's been challenges for Ty Lue and not knowing whether your superstar is going to be quote-unquote available or not. But let's not act like Kawhi Leonard, who is a two-time Finals MVP, a two-time champion, is also making the choice not to be available. Like I believe that Kawhi Leonard will play if he could play. But I can't hold it against him that maybe father time and his body just aren't built long-term for basketball. And that might be the case, but it was never even a case in Kawhi Leonard's career, Bick, where he was a, just this workhorse who was out there 82. He's never played more than 74 games in yeah. a season, and he's only played more than 70 twice. Well, and, and again, so I, but I, I don't know where where is Stephen A. Smith wrong. I mean, he's not saying that he's the worst teammate because he refuses to play. He's just saying he's the worst superstar teammate because he doesn't and play. And from that aspect, I think he's right. I think he's right, too. And because it, it because you see what the team is capable of and what he's capable of. Yeah, it's just really it's a it's a it's a shame for the competitive balance of the series. That game one felt so epic with those dueling stars, uh-huh. and I thought we were going to get a long series of this. Even game two, and so the news that he was out generally, I'd be like, I was I was actually a little crestfallen, even though it was clearly a, a big break for the Suns. And then you find out that Kawhi Leonard's sister was just sentenced to life in prison for murder, and I I had no idea that was even happening in his family. Life. Well, there's a lot of things you don't know about Kawhi Leonard because he's very yeah. enigmatic. That's true. But and, and this is nothing that's new. This is something that's been around for a couple of years. But I had no idea this was even in his orbit. But this is four years into the Kawhi Paul George era in yeah. L.A. with the Clippers, and again they've played together in 38 percent of the available games for the Clippers. Not much. At some point, even Steve Ballmer yep. says, "What am I paying for here?" Yeah. This might be the end of it. If, yeah. the, sun, if the Suns can throw that last shovel of dirt on them. Uh, but, you know, going back to the point, too, on Kawhi, like available to play, not available to play. And it kind of bleeds over into the thinking of management and ownership for the Clippers. It's like Cameron Fry's dad's car. Why do you have that car if you're going to put it in a, in a glass uh, right. a glass showroom and not drive it? Uh-huh. Ferris, you know that, Ferris did him a favor. You know that scene where they just drive the car backwards and it makes the odometer go backwards? But they weren't driving they it backwards. They didn't drive it backwards. They, were, they cracked the odometer and, and put it in reverse. And you remember that? They put it up on wheels and put it in no, reverse. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. But that's not a thing that actually happens. Of course it's not. That was We learned that, that from Ferris Bueller. That yeah. was desperate teenagers trying to cover their Butts. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, didn't you do anything wrong as a kid, Jared? <laughs> or were uh, you a perfect child? Well, I'm a perfect still. Oh, wow. Oh, man. It's a 40 year streak. Really? Wow. <laughs> uh, we all learned lessons from Ferris Bueller growing up, didn't we? By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but Austin Matthews, Scottsdale's own, got into a fight with Steven Stamkos yesterday. It's the first time in NHL history two guys who have scored more than 60 goals in a season drop gloves with one another. Generally, you don't have wow. high-end scorers throwing punches at each other. The, the amount of scoring in the NHL playoffs, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of those scores are getting ridiculous. 
been fun. Yeah, you don't see two stars from uh, respective teams. Remember uh, uh, Max Domi did it here and broke his hand? Yeah. We're like, oh, that's real smart. He's played on like eight teams since, since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Fun uh, Monday show. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6. Thanks to Mike Florio and Andrew Greif for joining us. And a thank you to you as well for hanging out as always. Wolf and Luke up next. They'll take you 10 to 2 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.